Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We have Ron Trozzi on. He is from Arizona, and I'm very excited to talk to him. He's been paralyzed for over 40 years. So, hey, Ron, how are you? Nice to see you today, Tiffany. Nice to meet you. Now, are you in Tucson? That's correct. Uh, I, uh, do you like it there? I've always wanted to go to Tucson. Uh, I moved here in uh, 79 and uh, found a beautiful home, custom built for a wheelchair, mm. and moved in April of 1980. Mm -hmm. And my house is nestled right east of the mountains. And uh, it is just an awesome place to live. Oh, man. Oh, well, do you ever have any videos of your house on the internet so people can see? Uh, I had a great one. It was snowing a couple of times, which was a rare occurrence here because usually, you know, we have over six months of 100 degree plus weather. Whoa. So, mm -hmm. I, yes, I want to point something out. You know, I've been doing a lot of garden posts and I'm getting, I'm getting some flack from some of the guys about <laughs> they're not wearing any shirt on. I'm always bare chested and I just come out here and live in the desert, you know, and, you know, I, it's so hot here. You don't want to wear anything for so long. So I'm out there, you know, enjoying the, my flowers and my garden and all that, uh, like nature intended me to do, you know? <laughs> well, I don't know about him. I'm enjoying your shirtless photos on Facebook. I think they're great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think most of the people are, most of the people are enjoying this. Some guys like to harass me, you know? <laughs> of course they, well, I think your life, it looks so fun. I'm from Minnesota. So your photos have just been like therapy for my eyes to see all your garden photos that you've been showing lately. And today is Earth Day, which I think is kind of cool. So it's appropriate that we're going to talk a little bit about your garden too, which is why I yeah. kind of found you. But then I didn't know you've been paralyzed for so long. And I'm like, wow, this guy is super cool. So before we talk about gardening, because we're going to get there, can you share with us just how you were injured and how you ended up the way you did all those years ago? Well, uh, we have to backtrack to 1977. Okay. Uh, I was in the Coast Guard at the time. Uh, that was my dream to be a sailor. I had multiple options. I could have been a chef. I could have been a singer-songwriter. Okay. Or I could have went into the Coast Guard. Cool. Uh, my passion mostly was to go to the water and you know, a sailor was my, my goal, my dream. And joining the Coast Guard that not only being a sailor, but having the opportunity to risk saving people's lives, you know? And, yeah. and so I thought, what a great, you know, what a great cause to do and what a great life. And I heard so many good things about the Coast Guard. So mm -hmm. I enlisted in the Coast Guard and uh, I was on a ship uh, out of North Carolina Okay. called the Cholula, and one hot summer day, June 2nd, 1977, I was on the beach in Warhead City, North Carolina, and I was laying out on the beach with a friend, Scott Buckley, and uh, I said, Scott, you want to go in for one last swim? He said, no, you go in, Ron. Uh, I'm just going to lay here on the blanket. Yeah. Well, the sand was so incredibly hot that day, it was like scalding to my feet, so I was like leaping to get to the water, and that drew my attention off the water, and I dove into the water and hit a sandbar. Oh, no. And I uh, crushed my fifth and sixth vertebrae and was completely paralyzed, but I was not knocked unconscious. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, uh, situation like this, if you're not religious, you become religious right away. <laughs> you, know, you start yeah. working deals with God. You know, so, God, I just turned 22 weeks ago. 
Uh, I'll give up drinking. I'll give up smoking. Mm -hmm. uh, give me a second chance, you know. And, mm -hmm. and so I had an incredible near-death experience that could bring me to another whole show. Cool. Um, but uh, I held my breath for as long as I turned, which seemed like an eternity. Mm -hmm. Face drowning in death and face going and leaving this, this world, this life. And then I opened my eyes again and I looked up and this bright object was shining down at me. And I felt the warmth of it and realized it was the sun. Uh -huh. And my friend Scott looked down over me and his face was white. And I said to him, you saved my life. Oh. And uh, I knew right away. I, and so I explained to him, I said, listen, I hit my head. I have a spinal injury. You got to be really careful. My hair was carefully, you know, we call it ambulance because we learned in boot camp, you know, yep. <laughs> with, with neck injury. And he's going, calm down. I got to be controlled. I, but I right away, I, even in this trial experience, I went right into my Coast Guard training. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, you know, sometimes you have to take care of yourself in certain first aid situations. Yeah, well, I, I was looking after myself because I, I knew this was serious with this, this injury because, you know, not being able to move anything. That's so scary. So it was yeah. 1977. You had hurt yourself while on a beach. Where were you at? In North Carolina. In North Carolina. Yeah, and so uh, I was sent, to, I was brought to an, an ambulance to at one hospital, two small had no neurosurgeon, uh -huh. went to another hospital, where they explained to me that they need to cut a piece of bone off my hip, yep. and surgically fuse it into my spine, put me in traction with 25 pounds of weight on a striker frame, uh -huh. the old fashioned way. Uh -huh. and, uh, I, I did that rotisserie chicken number for like a month, and then, uh, I was air-backed from Cherry Point Marine Base in a private 727 Air Force plane. <laughs> two doctors, three nurses. I'm wow. like, man, they treated me like the president. <laughs> yeah, they flew me to, uh, to the Bronx VA Hospital, New York. Oh, my gosh. And that's where I did my rehab. Oh, my gosh. That must have been just an era where I think electric wheelchairs had just come out. Hadn't they been available only for a brief amount of time? Uh there was definitely electric chairs, you know. Yeah. At first, you know, there's, you have to start sitting up and, you know, get used to sitting up and then yeah. you, know, you slowly get into a push chair. And then finally, the day came that they put me in an electric chair with a chain control and put me out in the parking lot and said, go at it. You can't hurt anything but yourself, you know. <laughs> and uh, I was, I took that thing like a kid to a go-kart. I know the feeling. I, the first time I was put in a power chair, I went super fast down the hospital hallway and was yelled at by the therapist. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're derelict <laughs> in the hallway. Well, you sit in that hospital bed for God knows oh. how long. Just that mobility is very good, isn't it? Oh, it's a power, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So you say that the Bronx Hospital, I heard back then, you know, you were in rehab for years, right? How long were you in the hospital for? Almost a year because I had complications. Um, because of the way that I actually experienced dying and drowning, it was terrifying. So every time I closed my eyes, I saw myself in the most terrible situations of drowning. Uh, sometimes I'd see myself in a car mm -hmm. and it would be on fire and I couldn't get out. I was trapped. Oh. And all that stress caused an ulcer and I was bleeding internally. Oh my gosh. And uh, I was 186 pounds. I went to about 100 pounds. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, and so that that complicated so many things or else I, my 
why rehab and recovery would have been a lot quicker. Oh, wow. Did you ever go to any therapy or talk to any like people of faith, try to help you with what you were going through? Oh yeah. You know, uh, it was funny, a group of people, uh, that were Bible studiers, uh, they had a group that would come once a week. And, uh, I remember it was like the second week they came and they were laying their hands on me and I had a great spasm and they didn't <laughs> understand that. They thought I was ready to stand up. They were like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, as you probably know, I really am a believer in the sense of humor. Yeah, and I love it. the best healing force in life. And so I, I'm always trying to laugh at things, you know? I, I love it. Well, I agree. I like to do that too. It's so hard sometimes. How do you stay laughing when you have a bad day? Because I know I can, I've been told, Tiffany, you need to relax. Stop taking things so seriously. How do you keep things light as a paralyzed person? It can be hard. Yeah, oh, that's, that's a good thing. You know, I guess for me, I try to look around my environment and over 40 years living in my home, I've created such a magical atmosphere that it's really difficult to get down. I mean, you know, I look outside my yard and laying here in bed right now, I'm looking at my sliding door in my yard and, and I've got incredible flowers growing and I've got all these landscaping projects and things. And so mm-hmm. um, I just, I'm reminded how blessed I am to be here. And so yeah. also there's not many people that get to face death and come back in the same lifetime. No. This is true. And I, I think that a lot of people hope that there's life after death. And, you know, when your situation kind of happens and you know that there is, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah that you- well, you know, some people have reached out to me for these different spinal cord groups. And it's like, you know, like a woman a couple of days ago that's been into the year and a half, she, she just can't find a purpose in her life. And she goes, you know, how do you have direction? How do you have purpose? And it's like, you know, how do you instill this in other people that, you know, for me, it was something that, how could I not have this credible attitude where getting so close to losing my life at the age of 20, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, snap, I'm, I'm back here on this planet. I mean, how could I not have a really good attitude? It's like, I mean, I, how many people get this opportunity to do it in a lifetime? That's and true. so, mm-hmm. well, I'm a spiritual guy, and I believe that this whole thing was happening for a reason. And and so having that philosophy and living by it, every day I take the opportunity to try to touch people and still in them, you know, that, hey, you know, I'm doing this stuff and I'm in a chair. So there's <laughs> nothing to excuse you take your butt off and, you know, do something with your life. I love it. You know, so you probably were inspiring to some of your fellow patients, even back in the day when you were in the hospital, I bet, because you probably thought, I'm guessing you've always had this personality, huh? Yeah, I, I've always been a natural ham too, you know. <laughs> and I could be a guitar player and singer and being on stage. I always oh. thought that was you know, the highest high, like would be up there, you know. And then and then uh, I realized one day when I was doing a motivational talk to a, a group of, uh, I think it was 11th or 12th graders. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, I noticed this one girl waiting and waiting to talk to me last. And finally, I had the opportunity and she said, I want I'm so happy I met you today. I know. She said, I was seriously thinking about taking my life this morning. Wow. And she said, after meeting you, I could never think about doing that again. And she gave me a big hug and chair. And she wow. said, you saved my life. You saved me. That's and amazing. I was, I was blown away. Love it. I, 
I knew right then and there that there was a higher high than playing guitar on stage. Uh, there truly is. But I bet you were a great guitarist. Um, no, but I had a pretty good voice, you know. Uh, I can tell from your voice. I like your accent. Are you from the East Coast originally? Oh, yeah. I grew up on Long Island. Okay. I'm a New Yorker. Okay. I figured, I'm like, you don't sound like you're Arizonan. No, in fact, everywhere I go, people go, you talk funny. I go, no, you hear funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're, uh, how did you end up in Arizona? Did you have family out there? Or you're like, that's where I belong as a paralyzed guy? Because well, I know a lot of squads move there. This is... This is another whole story. Mm -hmm. this, this is what my first chapter of my book about okay. is. And it's about the calling that God sent me to Tucson, Arizona. I didn't know anyone out here. I've never seen this place. I traveled 2,000 miles on trust that this was the place I was to go to. And the, the way I got that message is another story. I'm sorry, but it would take too much time. For That's okay. I, I bet it's a cool one, though. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's it's the name of my book. So, oh. so you got this somehow this message to go to Tucson, and yeah, you, you need to go there now. Since you're a high level quad and you can't move your arms too well, did you bring a team of people with you, or a one caregiver, or how do you do that? See, um, I convinced my parents who thought I was totally nuts, <laughs> including all my friends that my family that I'm going to move two thousand miles away from my home <laughs> to start a new life of. Yeah. Kind of a good adventure because in Tucson, there was no one to compare an old Ron to. Yeah. Where I live, everybody yeah. felt sorry for me, you know. Yes. But in Tucson, yeah. they only knew me as Ron, the guy in the chair. Yes, I like that. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so here was really a fresh start for me in Tucson. was growing up, it was a, the weather here is incredible, yes. but, right. but it's really hot in the summer. Okay. I mean, you know, it's like a hundred plus for five months. So you only go outside when the sun goes down, really? Well, no, no. I uh, mm -hmm. I go out in the heat. Uh, you know, you get conditioned to it. I okay. don't enjoy it, but I go out there. Okay. I'm still out there in the sun for like 15 minutes. Okay. It's blasted. I feel like a piece of bacon sizzling out there sometimes. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. I love that you ended up, what a brave thing to do though. I don't think I could do that. So you got your family to go with you to Tucson yeah, and you. Parents, yeah. They helped me move out there and uh, oh, wow. they helped me get situated. And then uh, uh, I got enrolled in school. Okay. I went back to the VA to get, I'm a veteran. That's so great. Then I got enrolled in the therapy there and uh, I was renting a house that we, we temporarily made accessible and uh, went to go to college and my parents went back to New York and I started, I started getting a couple of caregivers and it started my whole independent life again. You're pretty brave. You know, did you have any um, people your age doing what you were doing as inspiration or did you just do it on your uh, own? No, no I, I didn't know anybody in the chair. I was like, yeah. you know, in my hometown, it was like nobody. Oh, really weird. That must've been a hard, lonely time. Like a little bit lonely. I have really good family and I have some really close friends that, you know, I commend all my friends that stayed close to me and got beyond the chair because okay. they really knew it was just me. You know, I hadn't changed at all, only physically, but my heart and my mind and my soul is still on. Yeah. And, you know, my sense of humor and joking around. And I think that if anything, you know, my accident, my, my, my disability has been my best teacher in life. I love that. 
Yeah, you're, you're great. I wish I could come see your garden because, okay, let's talk a little bit about your property and how you made it accessible. I think it's so cool. Did you make the house accessible from like ground up or did you buy the house and then make it accessible? No, this house was like finding a needle in a haystack. It was custom built for a veteran. Ooh. It was called a 702 grant. Okay. That means it meets all these requirements for a VA and specifications for accessibility. So like all the doors are 36 inches. The house is built on one level. Nice. My, my hallways are four and a half feet wide. <laughs> uh, Beautiful. Mm -hmm. About a little over an acre of property. Okay. But, nice. um, when I moved here, you know, I still had limitations. And slowly, yeah. over time, I sort of claimed my property as mine okay. temporarily because it's not really mine. But I put in wheelchair paths all around my whole acre going around trees. It's, it's like an incredible park. Wow. And I got into, uh, the soil here is very rich. Okay. I live close to the mountains and the washes. And, and it dawned on me one day, I said, I bet you, you can really grow things here. And I often joke about people, they say, well, how fertile is the soil there? I go, well, take off your sock and stick your bare foot in the dirt, wait about a half hour. <laughs> when you take your foot out, you have to cut your toenails. That's how it grew. Really? Wow. So uh, I slowly started growing things and expanding and expanding. Cool. And so now, what, what do you grow? Do you do a lot of like Arizona plants? Uh, no, actually, uh, the summer crops, I grew uh, many tomatoes. Mm -hmm. um, tomato and basil was my big, big seller. Mm -hmm. And so I supplied the local co-op some health food oh, stores and really? one restaurant uh, that my favorite restaurant and uh, he really every Thursday when I made a delivery he would make a special with Ron's tomatoes and <laughs> uh, my tomato and my purple basil and usually that dish sold out within, <laughs> before the end of the night so wow this is great you must have a green thumb now do you put your stuff in planters or is it in the ground uh, actually, I designed all the beds that are, I, I, you know, I don't want to use my head. So mm -hmm. I'm basically the, the um, I'm the designer and mm -hmm. creator of everything. Yeah. And then I, through other people's hands, I bring things into reality. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I have taught all my caregivers how to use tools. So cool. Plumbing, and then I, I used to hire the local kids around here, my neighborhood kids. <laughs> and I taught them how to do all this stuff. But uh, I had to close the business because one, kids didn't want to work anymore. They were too busy with their cell phones and computers. Yeah. And uh, I had to deal with these insects called the grubs, which will actually eat your roots. And I was totally an organic grower. Oh. So I couldn't use any kind of chemicals on my dirt. Cool. But after 10 years of, uh, of the successful small business, uh, I surrendered. I kind of lost my passion. Until uh, about eight months ago, yeah. a dear friend of mine, Karma, who had seen my operation uh -huh. and firsthand here in Tucson, uh, she used to be married to a, uh, a caregiver of mine, and she belongs to the Tucson Garden Club, okay. even though she lives in Illinois. So cool. she invited me to join the club. Thanks. And all of a sudden, I find out that uh, people really love my stories and my postings in this group. <laughs> and so my best thing 
Very reawakened by passion for gardening. I love that. I love your photos. I, when I saw, it, I was like, "Wow, this guy is up to something cool down there." You can just tell, like, you love it. You're you're surrounded by your plants, like a, like a, like Santa Claus with all this like his elves around him. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, they're all my friends. You know, people think I'm a little nuts, but that's all right. I do not. I'm very jealous. I have an indoor herb garden and that is it. I have an, I live in an indoor, I live in a condo. I have no outdoor space. So I am so jealous of your acre and everything you've been doing all these years. I mean, how therapeutic is it? Let's talk a little bit just about the mental health aspect of just going out there in the garden. I mean, can you, do you feel like that it really helps you being able to do that and being out there? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, because our feet never touch the ground, Mm -hmm. I, I touched the ground and the soil through my love and passion for my flowers and my garden. Yeah. And so I connect with them that way. And, you know, I have dialogue with them just like I would my friends. Yeah, and talk to your plants. Oh, I, I, well, I have more than talk to them. I, I bathe them in compliments. And, <laughs> you know, I, I always treat them, you know, with, with passion like, as, a, as a lover, you know? Uh, yeah. They are. They give me. Uh, they give me unconditional love all the time. They always have a smile for me. So. <laughs> I think it's great. Now, you um, do you like to grow fl uh, mostly edible, like fl uh, types of plants, or do you ever do flowers? Just beautiful kind of garden, kind of just. To well, enjoy. you know, I. It's really difficult to grow things here in the summertime. Okay. So, and we're going through a drought right now, oh. and the weather here has has really changed. So. Yeah. I used to collect all my rainwater, which was way back when it wasn't even a popular thing to do. Now it's like the end thing to do. Everyone's you know. doing it, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, I was doing that a long time. And, cool. And so, but now you don't get the rain, so you really have to use a lot of water. And I have a pool that I converted to a pond. I, really? Really? Yeah. Well, the sour. Yeah. And, I miss the water so much. So I sort of been changing my whole yard into a seaside backyard. No way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you should see. Uh, I will share things as I, I'm almost finished with several projects, but the first project was a memorial to my father. Okay. And it's an old bait station. It's like a Hollywood set. And <laughs> it's really great. A lot of people love it. Okay, so you you turned your chlorine pool into a natural pond, and now you're turning it back into kind of like a beach vibe. Well, yeah, uh, uh, it has uh, mm -hmm. it has nets and bamboo and, Ooh, cool. and all sorts of things. Uh, there's shells and river rock, and it looks wow. I have a mm -hmm. I'm surrounded by like the different uh, types of gardens. Like you know, there's more of the beach environment, and there's more of a garden environment, and there's yeah really desert environment where it's just cactus growing. Right. I know a lady who lives in Arizona and she has a dirt yard, just dirt everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I'm fortunate. I live in a beautiful area, like I said, way east of Tango Verde. So uh, okay. there's a lot of trees here, a lot of greenery. Nice. In fact, one of my stories I posted, The Mighty Mesquite, and it shows you a tree that someone told me it's about 200 years old. Oh, cool. And so I sit under that sometimes and I just... I feel the energy and strength of that tree. Oh, nice. Ah, oh, that sounds so cool. Gosh, now, do you have any animals and pets that are down there on your property? No, I do not. You know, mm -hmm. I, I don't, I have so much responsibility. I have seven caregivers. Okay. And then I have a huge home. Mm 
wow, with a lot yeah. of property. And then, you know, so mm -hmm. I don't want to have a pet because if I can't be responsible for it, that means I have to find someone to be responsible right? for Right, your caregivers have to do I, it all. I know. And if my caregiver doesn't come in, who walks my pet? Who feeds my pet? It's and true. so that's unfair mm -hmm. to that pet. Yeah. So, um, you know, I have birds and I have critters okay. and okay. things all around the backyard here. A little menagerie of like birds flying around. Yeah, I have, you know, so, and I have this incredible, like I said, I live out in the mountains. So it's not common to see all, you know, snakes and wild pigs and, Ooh. you know, bobcats and coyotes. and That's so cool. Gosh, yeah. you know, what a lifestyle you've been living. I live in a state where I'm inside six months out of the year because it's freezing. Oh, um, yeah, that would drive me crazy. Yeah. And, um, yeah. but with your hot, hot weather, you're inside, but you don't have to stay inside all the time, it sounds like. No, well, you, what happens is people live their lives once the sun goes down. That's kind of what know? I was thinking. Then yeah. It's still, don't get me wrong, it's still 90 something degrees, <laughs> but it's the intense sun here in the summer. Cool. That really, I mean, you could fry an egg on the street, literally. Cool. I've yeah. seen it done on TV. Now, do you ever worry as a quad about the air conditioning, like breaking down when it's super hot in a state like that? Oh, I mean, yeah. What, do you, yeah, what fact, do you do? Well, because I spent a lot more time the last three years of my life because I some health issues, I'm spending more time than I'd like to. Yeah. I, thought, I thought about that. And so uh, my mom, before she passed away, Help me buy a generator. generator. Good and idea. so the power cuts out. Um, I have a backup source, and that's so smart. It's really, it's really helped several times. Yeah. I bet it has. I always worry about my AC breaking down if, when it gets hot out, and I'd be stuck in a third floor apartment with no elevator. I don't even know what I would do. So it's good you to have. Stay, you have to stay wet. I would go in a shower. Yeah, stay wet. And just stay wet. Yeah. Yep. That's, yep. That's, that's a good how tip. You yeah. Wow. Well, that's pretty cool. Well, gosh, you know, I, I, um, I don't know what else I want to talk to you about. I know. So where can people find your information? Are you still doing motivational speaking at all, Ron? Or are you kind of, well, you know what? It's all the schools and everything have kind of closed down. So I know. Yeah. I kind of shut the door to people doing motivational talks. And, and so, um, it was, it was simultaneously. In fact, you know, the, the, the whole thing about the stay home and the quarantine, yeah. I was practicing that a year before it happened. So I, it really didn't affect me that much. It wasn't until I got the virus. Oh, you got it. it. Yeah, one of my caregivers gave it to me. How did and you do? Was it bad? It, it wasn't bad, sorry. That's okay. Don't you take your time. I, yeah. I, I was just wondering. I know some quads that have had it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got it. And um, take, take the floor of your room. Sorry about that. So that's okay. It's all good. I got it. I got it. And uh, you know, I'm a veteran, 100% mm -hmm. service connected veteran. So I have what's called the whole bound chair. Yeah. And they were worried about me staying. Oh, okay. And I said, I'm not going into the hospital. No. You know, there's no way I'm going into the hospital. I'm going to stay here at my home. It's where I belong. Yeah. And I, I said, hey, it's my last day. I want to be here. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell people, you know, at the hospital, I'm a patient. At my home, I'm Ron. Absolutely. And, and so I chose to stay here. And they're like, oh, we don't want you. You know, well, I said, give me the medicine. They set me up with an oxygen machine that I needed. And uh, right. I, I had a fever for a couple of days. Other than that, I did fine. I'm sort of a natural nut. And so 
I eat very healthy. I have a very good diet. I was going to ask you about that. You've been alive for so long as a quad. What are your healthy living tips? Eat healthy? (laughs) You're going to have to have me back. You you, you might want to start having a I'll have you back. I just was going to say, I know that you probably have a lot of tips to share in that regard, but you're not like a vegan, right? Uh, No, I tried that for a few years Mm -hmm. and uh, I can't survive being a vegan. Okay. Okay. Very cool. You look pretty healthy though. And from your photos, when you're up in your chair too, you look like you're doing pretty good. So I hope that whatever you're dealing with goes away soon. So you can be up in your chair again more often. Yeah, I would, I would love that. You know, it's, uh, Mm -hmm. I worked for such an active lifestyle for 40 years. I mean, I was really involved with the the, uh, independent living center here in Tucson. Yeah, I was president of the board and chair of the fundraising committee. And then then all of a sudden I got a lung infection. Oh. And okay. my first one, and you know, that's like Scary. the weakness for a quad. Yeah. You know, it's, cool. lungs. it's like, I tell people that's our trip tonight. It is. Lung. I don't have all my quad friends. I don't have any of them. They all died. They all died. Oh. Yeah, I lost them like 10 years ago. I lost the last one. All to pneumonia, lung infections. I know. I can't tell you. I've lost several too over the years. I've been paralyzed for 27 years and I could have lost three or four quad friends too. It's very sad. Yeah. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, a tip is to try to keep your lungs, you know, healthy and clear and, uh, and yeah, because that's your vulnerable area. No smoking and lung exercises, the breathing machine, the the spirometer thing. Do you ever use that thing with the tube and you breathe it in and out? Oh yeah. I sleep with a BiPAP mask, so. Oh, okay. And uh, they actually recommend that if you get the virus. Really? Uh, and because, you know, it, it gives a path to your lungs all, all night. And so, you know, I was using one anyway. So maybe that was to my advantage. I don't know. Maybe it yeah. is. Well, I do think I'm going to say before I let you go here, um, I think your positive and funny attitude, I think definitely helps keep, keep you healthy and keep you alive all, the, all these years too. So. Yeah, and my spiritual beliefs, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I, this has been great. I definitely, we're going to have you back on Ron. You're super great. And I, I, if anyone wants to get in touch with you and ask you about gardening or anything else, uh, where can they find you? Well, that's a good question. I, I set up a blog yeah. called com, but it really wasn't very successful. I found out, you know, as we know, humans are basically lazy. <laughs> and so if I don't go to them, they won't come to me. So I just keep posting. And so um that's i guess they can look out for me on facebook on facebook i I belong to about uh i belong to three monochord groups yep and and i i post i posted it quite often now because they've opened up the door with all this garden you know i'm very strict they only wanted spinal cord information things and Mm -hmm. i think they they see the benefits of people with disability and they connect to the gardening no it's great so uh and I've really connected with a lot of the members, so. I love it. No, I have know like a lot of people who are quadriplegic have gardens indoors, whether in Chicago or they're in Portland and it's outside and so many quads love gardening. So it's very, very important to the community. And I think we should talk about it more. So yeah, anyways. It gives us a sense of connection, you know? It, it does. And even yeah. though our feet are on the ground, we can connect to the plants. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been awesome. I will be talking to you again. We'll have you on the show for sure soon. So have a great day, Ron, and stay healthy. I will. The same to you and all your members. All right. Thanks for joining us. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye.
Bye. Bye See ya. Take care.